Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the NFL Scotland podcast. We've had a hiatus, we've been off for a couple of weeks, but we're back and we're talking football. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. Somebody's going to have to explain what a hiatus is to me. I'm not really up on these (laughs) wonderful buzzwords. It's great to be back with you on the NFL Scotland podcast. We are recharged, refreshed, and boy, did we enjoy that Super Bowl. Yeah, thanks for that. (laughs) Um, We've caught up with a future Scottish NFL talent, we're hoping. Ethan Webb, who's one of the 80 people that was enrolled in the NFL Academy, we're going to be chatting to him. And we're going to have a little bit of talk about the XFL and a couple of good broadcast stories have broken in the last few weeks. We'll also talk about them. So let's kick off, Paul. As we mentioned there, we caught up with Ethan Webb to find out how he's been getting on at the NFL Academy. Let's hear from him right away. So we're delighted to be joined by a young man that we spoke to last year. He's been on quite the journey with the NFL Academy in London. Thank you for joining us once again, Ethan Webb. Yeah, no problem, anytime. So Ethan, first of all, how have things been going? Yeah, it's been uh, really good so far. Um, I think the the whole experience has just been amazing. Um, I've still got a few months left to go, but it's been absolutely fantastic so far. So let's kick off first of all and ask you to sort of take us through an average day at the NFL Academy. Well, on our training days, uh, typically a Tuesday and a Friday, it's a very busy day. Uh, full, like up at 6 a.m. and through all the way through till about 6 p.m. Uh, so to begin with, get up about 6 a.m., uh, 6.15 a.m., uh, out for gym. Uh, gym starts about 7.30 um, in there uh, and just do either squats, deadlifts, bench, whatever it is that day with our trainers. Then we move on, we get about 20 minutes for my breakfast, just a quick bite to eat. Then into my classes, uh, so currently I'm studying, studying sports and exercise science, uh, doing a HNC in that, so I do all my classes throughout that day. After that, I go into my film sessions. That's for about an hour, and I quickly get a bite to eat for lunch. Following on from that, we get on the buses, head down to training. And training's about four hours, maybe, three, four hours. Um, And back on the buses, up the road, and uh, into the house, bite to eat, and then head to bed. Ethan, it sounds pretty good, I must admit. You know, it's that sort of living a dream concept. Let's just take take a step back you were picked as just one of 80 out of 1500 I mean even the odds of getting to where you've got to were quite hard so you know how did it feel when you actually got the call to say you had been selected Uh, it was just an email I got to begin with and it was just it was I was worrying about it for a long time Uh, it took a while before I actually received the email it was about maybe a month and I was just quite worried about it all and you know, unsure whether or not I'd got to be able to chase this stream and be able to follow what I wanted to do. And once I finally got that email and was able to speak with, you know, the coaches and things like that, it was honestly it was surreal. It was almost like, you know, being selected for a college or uh, almost like being selected in the draft. It was fantastic, you know, hearing that news that I was going to be selected out of that one hundred and fifty final applicants was absolutely phenomenal. 
So what's what's swung it forward? You think now? I I do know you were nicknamed Speedy at your yeah. rugby club. So I mean, pace has got a lot to do with it. But as you, as you will know, when you start to come, you know, it's it's like that pyramid effect. Every level you go up, you're competing against better and better and better people. Uh, you know, how how does your speed compare to the others that are around you at the moment? I thought I was fast until I got here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really. Obviously, where I was playing, uh, my level of football, a lot of the guys were doing it for fun, doing it for a laugh and just wanting to something to do on a Sunday. Now, it's so professional and so high level. Uh, the athletes here are phenomenal. I couldn't. There's not an athlete I don't rate at the academy. I think everyone's absolutely fantastic in their own right. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't think I'd be the speedy of the academy, but... Uh, they are every athlete here is fantastic. It's honestly it's brilliant. So so take us through what the next few months will hold. You know, what what is the aim of you being in this camp? Well, hopefully through like our coaches have obviously been chatting to uh, coaches from the US and from the UK schools as well. Um so hopefully uh, a US offer is on the table for me in the next few months. Um, a few of my a uh, few people have been inquiring about it and have been trying to find out what's happening next and we've been lucky enough to go through a fantastic company called Three Step. They take down all of our measurables, uh, what we're like as athletes, you know, but a personal statement, almost like an interview, but just all written down and able for high uh, college coaches to see, and hopefully. Um, all my information will be shared out there and they can all get a good look at me um, and it's fantastic I think that Three Step have done a great job in evaluating each player and being able to put that into numbers and being able to get that over um, so hopefully in the next few months we'll hear from a US college uh, and we'll just need to take it step by step so, so two questions for you to follow up on that. One, I'd like to know which position you're concentrating at because like a lot of the better guys who play the game up here, you can play in various sides of the ball. And two, uh, if you had your dream pick, where would you be going? Well, to begin with, I think that I've been mainly focusing at safety, uh, defensive back. Um, I was wanting to try out for running back, but it was quite a... You know, a lot of guys wanted to go for that position and a lot of them are really top athletes. So I decided to focus at safety. Um, currently playing more free safety, uh, which is fantastic. It's brilliant. Um, being able to learn a bit more from what I was back, like back in Scotland is brilliant. Um, just the detail, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing on every step of the way. Um, I think it's just been fantastic learning more in depth about the position. I feel more in love with it every day. Uh, second part of your question: I'm not allowed to say anything about where I'm allowed to go. Um, uh, no, no, I, 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 I wouldn't. So you're not allowed even to say. I mean, you know, the the dream. I mean, you know, as a New Orleans Saints fan, I, you know, it would have been LSU for me. You know, if, yeah. I, if I'd if I'd been lucky enough to go. But uh, okay. You're not allowed to tell us the college. Just tell us which NFL team you're aiming for, then. <laughs> well, I can't say anything about colleges because, to be honest, just getting anywhere in the US, any college that is willing to take a chance on me and is able to, you know, just look at me and think, yeah, 
I'd like to have him in my team. It would be such a fantastic honour. Regardless of where it is, north, south, east, west, coast, in the middle, I don't really care. Um, whatever college is willing to take a chance on me, they know they'll be getting a good player and hopefully I'll be able to improve that programme. Uh, looking a bit further on, I mean, it's hard to look past the Seahawks. I love them. We could cut this short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring back the Legion of Boom, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, as we've got a 49ers fan on, on the other end of this perhaps, <laughs> you know they don't quite appreciate the sort of great play that teams teams go through uh, I, <laughs> Cameron I mean just to ask you as well I mean if you'd had your pick of colleges where would you have gone? The college wise it's a good question actually I've never thought about that one having been to LSU what an amazing place Michigan playing in you know what David Ajabo is doing playing in the big house absolutely superb there's so many great locations um I, i've never thought about it i actually really like some of the ohio state ones as well so ohio state themselves uh, i think that there's a great atmosphere out there even oklahoma there's so many great places to be to be honest i think i, I would have been up in the north though i don't like the hot weather that much um certainly lsu would have been far too warm for me i wouldn't have coped well in the <laughs> scottish guy um but obviously you know ethan when i met you the first time you were playing for the clyde valley hawks so for anybody that doesn't know, that is the youth team to the Clyde Valley Blackhawks based out of Wishaw. You know, you're you were first time we met, you're out in the public park playing. There was about seven or eight guys there because there was a whole lot couldn't make it. There was a whole lot of folk traveling with the, the, the adult team. You know, how far have you as a player come from that guy that I spoke to way back then? I think it is really night and day now. Um Considering the whole journey I've been through, not just as a player but as a man as well, I'm now living on my own. I need to, you know, take responsibility for everything that I do. Mum's not there to do my washing anymore, <laughs> and you know, do my dishes and look after me. So, I think the transition from where I was with the Hawks, it's obviously just going there. It made me fall in love with football to begin with, just to have fun, just to enjoy it. Now. I'm able to look at it as more of a job, more of a professional aspect, and I'm loving it. It's fantastic. I think the coaches that are here are great. My coach, personally, Coach Marvin, uh, Marvin Allen, I think he's fantastic, and he really knows what he's talking about, and he stripped us all back to basics. He wanted us just to learn how to backpedal again, just learn how to transition properly, how to actually read the game like to an official way, to the to a high college level, to an NFL level standard, rather than just what we've been taught so far. So it really stripped everything back and started to rebuild from the bottom. And I went back and seen the Hawks when I had some time off. And even my coaches there were able to say, you look like a completely different player to when I left. Brilliant. Now, one of the things that we've seen from some of the coverage about the academy is that there is a plethora of NFL legends and stars are involved. You know, you've been visited by a great number of big names in the game. Who has, or what's been your personal highlight of people that you've met and what sort of advice have they given to you that's kind of, the, the, the bit of information that's really stayed with you? Well, I think that all the players that took time out to come see us have, have been fantastic. Every single one has had, brought something of their own. The big like wow factor name was Jerry Rice. Meeting him, being able to have a question and answer session. He was here for a couple of days. 
came down, saw his train, joined in with the wide receivers, unfortunately, but <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, it was fantastic. Just speaking to him, you, just that a guy that's been there has done it and has done it with such a work ethic that has set a standard now for the academy, I think was just a fantastic mentor to have around, not just as a wide receiver, but as a person and as a player. I think he was just fantastic to have around us. Then obviously we had Effie Obada. Uh, he's a big advocate for the academy. Um, he knows like all the coaches. He's been through what we're going through and has had a lot of a tougher time than getting there. And I think he's fantastic because he just shows, you know, he has the reality of, yeah, you can make it and you can do it. And the big inspiration for me is uh, Jamie Gillen, obviously, and a fellow Scott. Um, I got to meet with him, got to um, interview him as well for the academy, and it was just fantastic to meet him. He was brilliant, um, and basically all he said to me was to keep working, keep trying, and you know that eventually that you will make it. It's just a whole effort standpoint. Yeah. Did you talk? Did you talk to Jamie about that rugby link? Because you were also coming from a, a rugby background. Yeah, it was fantastic speaking to Jamie. Um, when we were talking about rugby, I actually played against my old team like four or five times. And, you know, he's naming the adult players that I know as well, um, which is so weird to think this big NFL star knows the same people that I know from back in Lanark. Um, it's a bit strange, but it's brilliant. And, yeah, he was obviously he focused quite a lot on rugby. He never thought he was going to head to the NFL, never thought that, American football would appeal to him that much but once we got chatting and got into it he really did pick up the sport and really learned how to do it so it's obviously a great inspiration for a lot of the academy guys because we came from rugby and know that you know maybe they don't have the same knowledge of American football yet but they will get there eventually with a bit of work Now you mentioned Jerry Rice there he was obviously working with the wide receivers, right? So mm-hmm. two questions on the back of that is, one, did you get the chance to mark them or cover them? And two, did you learn anything as a defensive back based on what he was telling the wide receivers? Well, I didn't get a chance to cover Jerry, unfortunately. I don't think he really competed in one-on-ones <laughs> uh, or seven-on-seven. So it was a bit... It was just having his presence there just... What, everything he was doing, it was fantastic. Um, I just think he was there just to enjoy it and see what we really had to offer. Um, I think having that high level of a wide receiver, you pick up stuff anyway. I think, well, my coach specifically told us to listen and, you know, be careful. For my coach played for the Steelers and the Dolphins um, in the NFL, Marvin Allen. He won a Super Bowl ring with the Steelers. Um, and it was just fantastic, you know, he played receiver, um, so you tend to pick up on things when, you know, these legendary receivers are speaking to you, and, you know, it just, it's, you need to take each opponent as their own, you need to study your opponent, and really focus on what you're doing, and how you want to approach each and every single individual receiver. Brilliant. 
I've just got one thing. I, I think it's amazing. And this is what I love about this game. And we've seen this with Jamie as well. And we've seen this with Ethan. You know, you're playing rugby. You're playing, you know, just in Scotland. You get a chance and all of a sudden, you know, Jerry Rice is in the room. You're talking to people who have won Super Bowls. You're being coached by people who won Super Bowls. I mean, in terms of sports stories and sports narratives, I mean, Ethan, you're actually living one of these narratives at the moment. Does that is that with you? Are you aware of that? Does that make you work harder? I think I do feel almost a bit of pressure from that because now I really do want to succeed. I don't want to push myself as far as I can now. And, you know, I hear about stories like Jamie and how like, inspirational that was to me coming from a background in rugby, just picking up football as sort of a hobby, spare time, and then actually having this opportunity to make it into something is fantastic, and I intend to follow that same path. And regardless of what happens in the next year, I know that this experience in the academy has all been worth it. And I hope that you know other people will see my story, see Jamie's story, and will be inspired by it to take up American football even as fun or try out for the academy and try boost the Scottish numbers down here. Yeah, it's superb. Now, before we let you go, Ethan, one last question is, if you could just pick one thing to be your highlight so far, what would it be? And you, you can't choose this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's tough because that was going to be my answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, see, he's already um, had his media training. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, it's been really difficult to be able to pick one. I've had so many experiences here that have completely changed, you know, my mindset towards football, my mindset as a person. I think, to be honest, I think it's probably the grind that's probably been my favourite experience overall. You know, those mornings where you're looking out the window, it's still dark outside, it's raining, and you're thinking to yourself, is it really worth it to go in and try to do squats? You know, I think those moments when you finish your gym session and you're like, yeah, do you know what, that was worth it, and it was worth really putting in that effort and... Yeah, it was, those have probably been my favourite experiences so far down here at the Academy. Absolutely brilliant. An experience that money cannot buy. You know, a, a brilliant opportunity. It's great to see a Scotsman there. It's great to see someone with your attitude and your approach to this get this great chance to be part of something amazing that regardless of what comes, this is a, a life-changing experience for you. And we wish you all the very, very best. So, Ethan, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll catch up with you again in the summer and get a full end-of-year wrap-up, find out what's going to happen next for you. Of course. Thank you so much, guys. So, Paul, absolutely brilliant to hear from Ethan there. And genuinely, I joked that he's had his uh, media training, but I think he actually has. Because <laughs> that was a really good interview. I thought that was brilliant. Spoke really well, and that's what always impresses me. You know, Cameron, media training is not just about how you handle yourself in front of a, a radio interview, a television interview. Anybody can be bland and be taught to be bland. And what I like about, you know, the NFL is, is they teach people to engage. You're not trying to trip people up at this level. You're not trying to get a sensational story. You're just wanting to find out what's going on. And, and Ethan told us that, you know, clearly, concisely, you know, made you want to listen 
Jason and actually ask him more questions than I think we were intending to. Yes, indeed. Uh, put him on the spot. But you know what? He did really well to, to answer every single one of them. I wish him all the very best. Hopefully get some offers in. Um, uh, he's been chatting to us as well. He might have offers uh, at home if he doesn't get anything abroad. But, you know, fingers crossed for him that something happens in the US. Someone takes a risk on him. Uh, and based on the way he's speaking there, certainly when it comes to character, when it comes to off the field stuff, there's no risk there. He's clearly clued up. He clearly knows what he's talking about. He's clearly got the drive, um, which is more than half the battle. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got the drive and he's got the he's got the football intelligence. That's sometimes where we lack a little bit is the guys don't quite get the intricacy of the game. I mean, you and I have watched it for years. We don't have that level of, of, of intricacy that's required. So sometimes, you know, that's what we, we've spoken to other people. People fall a little bit short on, but certainly not here. And the NFL Academy is doing one heck of a job. It is indeed. So we'll look forward to hearing more from Ethan over the summer and beyond. But Paul, we touched on there about the the opportunities for Ethan. You know, if it's if it's not the NFL long term, then things like the XFL have come along. Now, last year we talked about the Alliance of America Football League, and we we enjoyed that while it lasted. The XFL is now a good couple of weeks in. Uh, I think we're coming up for week five now, and. It feels like it's doing an awful lot better than the Alliance did. Certainly, I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, I think what they've got right is the sheer interaction of it and being able to hear the play calling. Some of the the sideline interviews with the players are a bit naff. You know, why did you throw that interception? Or, you know, when when you got that interception, what were you looking at? Well, the ball tends to be the answer. Um, So I'm not so keen on that, but I do like the explanation of the coaches. I like the kickoff rule. I like the way that they do the extra points. There's an awful lot, I think, that the NFL could start to take. Now, what's been interesting today is the XFL just aren't standing still, Cameron, saying at the end of the season, we'll have a look at where things are going. They've, they've talked about, you know, there, there's a problem, for example, with MetLife Stadium. It takes over 82,000 people. Now, the Guardians had just over 12 this week. Now, compare that the LA Wildcats had just over 12. The Tampa Bay Vipers, just over 12. Now, that's what they were thinking. The XFL were looking between 10 and 14,000 per game. But what they're trying to get right is the aesthetic. You want it to look good in the stadium. Um, so, the, you know, will they go back and have a look at the Red Bull Arena in New Jersey rather than MetLife? Because, it, you know, a crowd of twelve to 15,000 in there would look good for an XFL game. And I think Tampa, they don't really have an option at the moment. You're looking at LA. Could they go to San Diego, perhaps? Could they go to Oakland? You know, Part of this, it's been done on TV markets, not just getting people into the into the stadium. So they have picked big TV markets, uh, you know, New York, you know, Washington, the Virginia area, St. Louis, Tampa. You know, you've got Dallas and Houston is there. So they've gone to the right TV markets. What you might find is there might be a little bit of a shift. But I think what's interesting is people are already starting to talk about a second season of the XFL. Which is great. And one of the stories I've enjoyed the most, actually, before I talk about this, I will say about the crowds. I agree with the aesthetic is massive. I actually thought Seattle Dragons, to be fair, the people of Seattle packed out that lower tier um, and it was quite something to see. You know, I thought that was uh, very impressive. They were very noisy. They clearly loved their football. They've got a reputation for being a loud fan base and they brought it to the XFL as well. For it being an eight-team league with um or you know two divisions of four we're now four weeks in 
fine. We always knew there would be a strong week one and it would probably die down a little, which is natural. But it feels like it has found a sort of steady level playing field now upon which it can rest and hopefully grow. For me, though, the story that I've enjoyed probably seeing more than anything else is coming into this, we heard all about Landry Jones and we heard all about Josh Johnson and Matt McGloin and all these guys and these quarterbacks that have been hanging around the NFL and never achieving anything for a good number of years. But the story of the quarterbacks has been the guys that have never had the chance, that have now been given the chance to play and have graced, have grasped it completely. You know, P.J. Walker at the uh, Houston Roughnecks, what a season he's having. And it's at the point now where you're starting to think, if he can maintain this level of football, absolutely, there's going to be a team is going to have a go and they're going to take him on and they're going to give him a chance and he's going to get another go at it. Up in um, New York Guardi- uh, the New York Guardians, um, Matt McGloin, obviously, there has done nothing of any note at all. And Luis Perez, who did really well for the Birmingham Iron when the Alliance, he's come in. He's never really done anything in the NFL. He's, he's still a young guy. He's got a lot to prove, rough around the edges. But he's come in and right away turned that game around for the Guardians. Interesting to see how that story develops. For me, I've got no real interest in seeing a 30-year-old bench warmer playing at a lower level. I'm interested in seeing some of the guys that are perhaps a little bit too rough around the edges to to be deemed uh, trustworthy at the NFL, getting the opportunity to to continue to learn to to play the game and do so with guys who are clearly capable as well, a whole group of guys who have not had that opportunity and are fighting to get that chance. Yeah, well, you've missed out my favourite player so far, which is Cardell Jones. So I think what we're going to have to do is if we do XFL awards, there's going to have to be the Cardell Jones Bob Ag Award because he's taking Bob Aggery to a different level. Now, I don't know if you saw any of the game at the weekend, but he, he looked bad from the outset. Uh, he looked like he was grumpy from the outset um, and... Basically, you know, he wanted, you know, a player benched, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, he just didn't look right. You know, he was, I was uh, DeAndre Tompkins. I just had a look. Um, so he, he's fighting with all of these DC people, um, the defenders who got off to such a great start and then got absolutely smacked by the Vipers. So I, I think that's quite interesting. Nobody doubts Cardell's, you know, got all the tools, you know, the the body, etc. But you just think you're being given another chance. Take that chance. You're 27 years old. You're not a kid, but you potentially could still play in the NFL. And it looked great for the first two weeks. It's looked dreadful for the next two weeks. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see if he starts this week against St. Louis or whether Pep Hamilton just has to sit him down. Indeed. Indeed. Um, it's a really, I think there's so many stories there. The fact that it's, you know, you can watch it on ESPN Player, you can watch it on BT Sport. I think even in week four, there was three out of the four games were on there and it was only because there was some big um, college basketball games on the ESPN channel that they didn't manage to show them all. I think that's a sign as well. There's been a good, solid deal being done. Whether or not, you know, we're getting the XFL on BT Sport under part of the deal of the WWE moving to BT Sport here in the UK, that might well go hand in hand. And if it is the case, then Vince McMahon has done a very good job there because getting on the TV means it's accessible, meaning that people will sit and actually watch it. Uh, and certainly, you know, there's I've, I've seen fantasy leagues. If you look at the daily fantasy um, companies, they're all playing in the XFL space. So people are treating it very seriously, which is great. And 
for us, it's it's nice to have an alternative. It's nice to have football that continues on after the season. And actually, for me, not playing the season-long fantasy and just doing a little bit of daily here and there has been great as well. You know, gives you a tie-in, lets you figure out who some of these players are. Um, and then the league as well, it's, it's all about quarterbacks and wide receivers it has been running backs starting to get into it now as these offensive lines have started to play together but we need to remember as well these squads were only together for about a month before the league started they've not had that time to gel and get the intricacies and you can see that some of the blown coverage some of the wrong blocks some of the wrong moves pick up the wrong man mistakes are going to happen it's going to look rough around the edges but I certainly don't have any issue with rough around the edges as long as the product overall is good. And I think definitely what the XFL have got is a good product. But one thing, I totally agree with you, the sideline interviews can just go away because they're just awkward and nobody wants them. Yeah, it's true. Rough around the edges was the name of the boy band I was in, by the way. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple, of, a couple of things just to finish on that. I would like them on their app to make the games available on radio. Um, you know, just again, just to try and extend uh, the reach, because I've tried to listen to two or three stations of success. So sometimes I'm getting blocked with the others. But the interesting one is, and we'll finish off on this, the LA Wildcats visit uh, St. Louis on the 21st of March. And St. Louis have decided to open the upper deck of the stadium, such as the interest in the game. Brilliant. Which is absolutely brilliant. So it just shows you, do you know what, play in the right market, put a team in there that people want to see. There's another quarterback as well, Tamu, he's had a really good season as well. Oh, really yeah. Really fun yeah. to watch, really fun to watch. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Long may it continue. Talking of broadcasting, mm. uh, I, I mean, this I, might I, come I, up. yeah, <laughs> a, a moment's silence for poor Tony Romo. I mean, he, he's had to settle for a deal of only about seventeen million dollars, something like that. It's just, <laughs> I, I feel for the guy. You know, we've all been there trying to negotiate a new contract. Um, congratulations to Tony Romo, but Cameron, will he have a new partner in the booth? come the start of the season because ESPN are apparently chasing Al Michaels who they want to link with Peyton Manning and if not Peyton Manning, Phil Rivers they want a whole new booth, they reckon that Al Michaels will bring uh, the gravita that is required in the commentary position and this might not be too far-fetched because Mike Tirico I think would step up and partner Tony Romo in CBS hmm, That's an interesting one Now Al Michaels though, if you're going to go after Al Surely you've got to go and get Chris Collingsworth. Surely the two of them are just inseparable. They are the Waldorf and Statler of the NFL world. And if you don't know who Waldorf and Statler are, go and Google it. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sure because because of other things that Chris Collingsworth does, I think it'd be harder to take him. Um, so I think what they would do is take Al Michaels just as the broadcast guy and bring in that Peyton Manning and try and get a fresh perspective. To me, I mean, I love Collingsworth as much as I love Romo. Um, so I've no I've no problem if that was the case. Um, I think the other thing we're seeing is that Booger McFarlane's been traded for a seventh round player to be named later. <laughs> Yeah, that's about right. Um, it, do you know what's interesting? And it it does... The free agency in the booth is as interesting <laughs> as a free agency on the field because there's going to be movers. Uh, and it's hopefully, ultimately, only going to result in the improvement of the coverage that we get here. So... You know, excited to see what goes on there. Now, we are at that point where we are getting close to free agency and, you know, we're back. We're going to do a pod every couple of weeks or so. 
we will talk about free agency in a bit more detail. We've got some interviews lined up, as we said. Hopefully, we're going to have a couple of those coming out in March. Uh, we'll have details on that when we can share them. But, you know, some of the free agency headlines. This is this is sort of the silly season time uh, that we get in, in the NFL every single year. And the rumours are just rife because this is the time where there's not a lot actually going on. So it means that the journalists and the reporters can just go nuts. And you only need to scan through some of the stuff. You know, some of the top stories are, you know, Shady McCoy going back to the Eagles as one of the top things in free agency. The one that makes me laugh more than any other is, will the 49ers land Brady yeah, then. why no. <laughs> why so there seems to be chat at the moment about the Niners potentially trading Jimmy Garoppolo back to New England and picking up Brady in either a trade which seems ridiculous when he's hitting free agency uh, or or even in free agency uh, I, the, it, the, no, it, it's nonsense it's not- right I get the it, thing, right? The, the story is that Brady is a 49ers fan. And that has always been the case. He was a 49ers fan. He's played for the Patriots. Clearly, he's, you know, highly decorated. I don't think there's anywhere else that Tom finishes career other than New England. I think that's a sign sealed and delivered as far as I'm concerned. I think that any sort of... Any sort of chat about the Niners going there is only purely to elongate the the sort of the topic of Jimmy Garoppolo not being good enough to lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl. But Jimmy Garoppolo has just had a better season than Tom Brady's had. And Tom Brady's not getting any younger. I, I don't see him having an amazing comeback at the age of 42, 43. So I just I just think it's nonsense. I think it's just one of those things where there's an end of season question mark around Jimmy Garoppolo and until we get through free agency and until Kyle Shanahan doesn't move for a quarterback, then people are going to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to get this, you know, will Phil Rivers retire? Will he go somewhere else? Will he go into the booth? Nobody's talking about Brady going into the booth at the moment. I don't think he ever would, to be honest, because he doesn't need that hassle, given everything else that goes on. He wants to play. He will play. I'm with you. I think he will play in New England rather than anywhere else. Um, Bill Belichick hasn't been in touch because there was a proposed trade. Charles Patterson and Jamie Borthwick to the New England media in exchange for Tom Brady joining our podcast. Uh, we're still trying to pursue that at the moment. <laughs> I'm not giving up Borthwick. Patterson can go. <laughs> Patterson's questionable at best, but Borthwick's worth keeping. Co- controversial. Controversial. Borthwick was trolling us from New Zealand. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll find out if either of them actually listen to this podcast when they're not on it, if we get any abuse from Charles <laughs> during the week. <laughs> um, but free agency is fun. Do you know what? I don't mind some of these stories because it's just talking points, isn't it? It gives. The, you've got NFL Network, for goodness sake. That's a channel that's permanent NFL content. You need to fill it somehow. Um, but. You yeah, know, but, but when I go to come. the States in the summer and watch the NFL Network, they're at such a low point, you know, you get the, who's got the best bathrooms in the NFL? <laughs> we sent so-and-so to take a slash in 30-odd stadiums, you know. It's just that kind of thing. So it does get, yeah, that that is certainly the downside to the, the, the channel showing just NFL. The endless speculation does get a bit much. Yes, it does. And there has been a couple of trades already sort of discussed about AJ Boye, uh, is going to Denver. 
as the Jaguars move on from that. Then there's the the big swap between the Panthers and I've, I can't even remember that didn't resonate with me that much. Um, it's on oh, the Chargers. Um, so there's moves starting to take place as teams do their business ahead of free agency as they go and get the missing pieces. But really, you know, between now and and, and all and the draft, free agency is the, the big talking point. That's where things get exciting. You get your legal tampering, you get all the names snapped up, free agency starts, and by that point, it's all done and dusted. Is there a better phrase in the NFL than legal tampering? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You know, so you're allowed to legally tamper with someone. Seriously, they've got to find a better phrase for that. But I, th- I think we'll start to know more in a few weeks' time. You know, you've got to give these guys some t- time off. I mean, famously, the NFL never sleeps, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if you've knocked your pan in for a whole season, you do need some time off, chance to, you know, get away from things, re- relax, recharge, and... And then it all starts again. So I think we'll start to see some moves happening. The one other thing that we've got, of course, is the collective bargaining agreement, which has currently gone out to the NFL players for them to vote. They now have until March 12th. Um, So there is a 456-page CBA, which is released to all the players on Thursday. Paul, what percentage of the players are going to read all 456 pages? Well, this reminds me of things like, so what have we had in recent times? Probably in Britain, you would have the report on Brexit. In America, you'd have the Mueller report. You know, one poor person gets to read it and have got to summarise it on the page for everybody who should have read it but hasn't. Um, And I think this is fairly similar here. You're going to get a couple of people reading it, but basically you're going to get people coming out to say, this is what we think without actually going through it all. You're just going to get the headlines. Now, from what I can tell, the higher paid players at the skill positions don't want more games. The guys who might last two or three years in the league, if you get the chance to play an extra one game for three years, if that's your time in the league, that could net you another $150,000, $200,000. You're going to vote for it. So I think game 17 we are going to see. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And it is, you know, the big names, Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson, have all come out and said that they're against it. Nate Solder, uh, you know, offensive tackle for the Giants, he's come out and said that he's pro at minimum. Salaries will go up significantly with a bump up benefits for current players and retired players. And ultimately, it is, like you say, the guys who have earned their money have got no interest in doing more. And I get that. You know, let's be honest, in any industry, you go into any office and you talk to the highest paid players and say, right, you know, you're going to get a little bit more money, but we're going to make you do a bunch more work. They're going to go, nah, do you know what? I've got it pretty easy as it is. I'm quite happy. Let's just leave it as it is. Those guys that aren't earning as much, give them the opportunity to earn more and they'll say, where do I sign up? What do you need me to do? Play one more game? Nay bother, pal. You know, exactly. If, you, if, if you're going to get an extra forty or $50,000, however it works out, if you're in that league for three, well, say four seasons, you're getting an extra $150,000. That matters a lot. So, no, I think I think we are going to see it. Yeah, indeed. Right. Any other news items that are taking your fancy before we move on? No, I mean it's the it's the broadcast side that you know I'm you know I'm really really interested in. I wasn't surprised that CBS kept Tony Romo. I think that was an absolute stick on to happen. Possibly a little bit more money than I was expecting. But we'll see if there's a shake up because if you know somebody like Peyton Manning wants to come into the booth, he might start off too high. And this this is the problem I've said to you. I'd like to see you know guys start on sort of team five or six doing the regional games and then if they're good building their way up so we'll see if that's going to happen 
Yes, indeed. An interesting couple of months ahead across a number of different topics. But I think that pretty much does the full-time whistle then for episode 89. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to download. Please share your thoughts with us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and make sure that you get onto uh, Facebook as well. Search for us there. It's Search for Scotland NFL. We've got some great interviews lined up over the next few months, so stay with us. Put an alert on the podcast, download it as soon as it comes out. We'll be happy to cover your favourite game for you. We've got a couple of podcast friends who have shared little promos for their pods. So we've got something from Thurston Gold, something from Clear and Oblivious podcast. Stay to the very end of the exit music, and we've got a couple of promos for some other pods to keep you busy during the quiet NFL offseason. But until then, we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with more closed season content. But the XFL continues, so enjoy your football from Cameron and from myself. Bye for now. Do you love NFL football, fun, and booze? Join us at Thirst and Goal Podcast every Saturday night for weekly NFL coverage, whiskey, bourbon, scotch, and beer reviews. We mix expert football analysis with signature drinks, original segments, and lots and lots of laughs. That's right, football fans. Please join us at Thirst and Goal Podcast by heading over to thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com or search Thirst and Goal Podcast on the web. If you're tired of boring podcasts, Please come join our football party. Hello, podcast fans. If you're listening to NFL Scotland and going, boy, I'd like this podcast, but I wish it was sexier, <laughs> then boy, have we got a show for you. You can tune into Around the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you can listen to us. It's Clear and Oblivious. Uh, we are a podcast all around the NFL that doesn't take itself too seriously. With our co-hosts, Ryan Cullen. And Gareth Waugh. Our uh, producer. Me, Mark. And you can listen to us whenever I decide to put it out each week on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Basically, the podcast comes out depending how ridiculous Ryan and I have been and how much editing Mark has to do. <laughs> That's Clear and Oblivious. Tune in.